I'm standing beside a backyard chicken coop in New Hampshire's state capital. Ten-year-old Gregory and 12-year-old Annabelle got up before the sun rose to feed their family's chickens and to practice violin. I am barely awake. Yet somehow I hear Annabelle say something about a pecking order. The pecking order is how the chickens establish dominance. The so there's a literal pecking order. Yes, They're pecking it is. at yes. each other. The chicken who's at the top can peck all of the others. It also is how they decide who gets the best spot on the roost, whoever's at the top of the pecking order, who gets food first. And at least for us, it's the most vocal chickens, like the most vocal candidates, who are at the top. Currently, it's Ginger. So the most vocal chickens are most often at the top of the pecking order. Yes. They're the ones who start attacking other chickens, even though they themselves don't like to get it in reverse. And they also are the ones who tend to squawk a lot more and just to squawk on and on and on and on. So you maybe should have a chicken called Donald Trump. <laughs> I was trying to avoid names, but yes. <laughs> yeah, let's go. From NBC News, this is The Trail Tapes. I'm Jake Heller. Every month, we bring you the stories of people with unorthodox connections to the 2016 presidential campaign. Today, it's Gregory and Annabelle Watson, two kids who are asking difficult and detailed questions to presidential candidates who come through New Hampshire. They're also homeschooled by their mom, Miriam. Your kids have been asking tough questions to every presidential candidate who comes through New Hampshire. I'm Gregory Watson and I'm 10 years old and I have a question. How did this start happening? Um, it started over the summer. I was kind of looking towards our new curriculum or where we were going to go for the school year. And um, a couple of the candidates who had announced their candidacy were very extremely opposite, polar opposite of the way I personally believe, and and it. So, are we talking about Hillary Clinton, Bernie Sanders opposite? Or are we talking about Donald Mike Trump, Huckabee Mike Huckabee opposite. opposite? And he had said a couple of things, and I really haven't even shared this with the kids of who that candidate was. But um, he had said a couple of things over the summer, as he does, and I thought, oh my gosh, what would I ever do if my kids came home and espoused those same types of beliefs? And I said, well. I had this, this internal conversation with myself and I thought, I have to let them know that I would be okay with that because even though it's totally opposite of my beliefs, they're still my children and I still love them and we're still in a country where we can openly have diametrically opposite opinions. And what better way to, um, to show them is to actually go out and embrace the candidates. I think that's so refreshing and beautiful in a way because as you say, there's such divisiveness in yes, politics now exactly. and the, the middle ground or even not the middle ground but just any ground where people can stand to have a conversation about politics seems to be uh, eroding. That said, some of the rhetoric that we're hearing in this campaign, I think more than even in past campaigns, 
how could you be okay with some of your kids coming home and saying some of this stuff? We certainly have our beliefs and our family and what we've always tried to open the children up to. Um, but at the same time, they need to know that there are still people out there like that. Um, so that they can come up with their own responses. The microphone's over here. It's coming down the aisle. I read that you oppose same-sex marriage. Why is this? And is that justice for all? Yeah, I think it is. You've said that you support the Patriot Act with some restrictions, but never specified what those restrictions were. Would you mind explaining that? Uh, sure, that's a great question. So the question was about the Patriot Act. A lot of the candidates have expected softball questions like, oh, this will be a great photo op. You guys aren't interested in, in being photo ops? No, yeah. not at all. They want to try to make themselves look really good answering kids' questions, but when they hear, actually hear our questions, they don't really feel that good. When we met Governor Kasich, ahead of time we'd seen some ads that were very popular. He really, um, he had a large volume of campaign ads that were running through the month of August and September, very positive, introducing who he was. So going into that, Gregory thought, this is a great guy. He was really kind of rude and condescending to some of the people um, at the event, certainly towards other candidates, and then he was really, really kind of rude to Gregory in that he didn't validate Gregory's questions. He really dumbed down his answer and was and, and was very, it was just very telling that he didn't take Gregory serious. What are your plans to help the homeless and how would that fit into your idea for a balanced budget? Well, we have to make sure that people who are living on the sidewalk get an opportunity to be able to, to get up, to get some help, but then ultimately to be able to help themselves, right? So let's say you got a buddy. And he's not, he's not doing very well in math, okay? And you, I'll bet you're pretty good in math, aren't you? Um, about in the middle. Okay, well, let's say, let's say your buddy is not doing that well in math. So you help him. And then you call him the next day and said, are you working at it? And he goes, oh, no, no, no. I'm just waiting for you to come around and help me again. So Gary's like, well, if he's not going to take me serious, how does anybody think he's going to take them seriously about their concerns? He really underestimated me, and I just think that was really hurtful because I am very intelligent, and just to treat me like a two-year-old, that's just really mean. Those observations, I think, are are relevant on a bigger scale Absolutely. Um, in terms of what kind of a president uh, this candidate would be. It's really telling be. into their personality and um, that's actually why the kids started blogging because a couple of my friends I'd mentioned on Facebook, well this happened and that happened, they're like, can you have the kids start blogging? Because I want to know how they're perceiving it. Kids are a lot more perceptive than They we are think. much more perceptive. They pick up on a lot of little things that I don't, when we go home, we kind of debrief in the car on the ride home. They'll have picked up on a lot of things that I haven't picked up on. And it's really kind of interesting. Why do you think that is? I think that their, um, their brains are just more open. You guys have either shortlisted or endorsed candidates who the pundits or the experts have all but written off. Why do you base your decisions on policy, not polling? Because it doesn't matter. I don't know this for a fact, but I've heard 
that John McCain wasn't doing the best in the polls, and yet he managed to pull through. Maybe people will see these candidates for their policies and not for their polls and start supporting them. This genuine perspective on politics also manifests itself in how Gregory and Annabelle grapple with complicated issues. For example, Gregory really wants politicians to do more to fight climate change. Why? Penguins. Penguins. He loves, ever since he was tiny, tiny, he's loved penguins. We've checked out every book that our library has on penguins. He used to, um, he, he, when he was like three and four, he used to make little rock nests and sit on rocks hoping to hatch them like a penguin. I mean, he's just been truly, truly fascinated with them. My favorite creature is the penguin and penguins, well, some species of penguins because there are some species that live further up and really close to the equator, specifically the Galapagos penguins, but most penguins would be affected. Also, if the global climate change won, basically, um, the polar ice caps would melt and also there would be very little land for all of the creatures. So you don't think that we should let climate change win? Yeah, I think we, even though NASA has said that no matter what we do, climate change will win, I don't believe that because if we are able to change our ways, like stop using cars as much or find more or find better fuel or something, it could really help. And Annabelle? Well, at a Bernie Sanders event a few months ago, she learned about the pay gap between men and women. I was like, what? Why is this? Why don't women make the same? It's been 200-something years since the factories started. Why can't we have done something in that time? For me, it's been refreshing to see this campaign through kids' eyes. So have Annabelle and Gregory changed their mom's perspective on politics? It really has. Um, I, I, I have a political history, back, a political science background. I worked in the state Senate. And um, I remember it being much more collegial, where even though you had very opposite opinions, everybody still tried to work together. And you don't, I just don't see that as much in this campaign or this, this whole race um, from either side. And it's kind of discouraging because we want... We want to move forward. We don't want to just keep having a stopgap budget. And that's the, the situation we're going to be in again. And, and I think as a, as a parent, we take, I teach my kids that you, it's not always your way or my way. We have to find common ground. And, Except and, when you're a parent and it's your way. Well you, well, you know, sometimes that's the case. Sometimes it's not. Wow, you you're know? a very nice parent. There are, there, are, there are times, absolutely. We're willing to open up and say, let's have the discussion because maybe you're seeing something we're not, you know. They might have a different opinion of that. Candy for breakfast it is. You know, we do birthday cakes for breakfast. What? We do on birthdays and half birthdays. Why not? uh, That was the argument I would make, but (laughs) (laughs) that one never really flew in my house. Yeah, I mean, it's once a year, so... Twice a year if you're doing half birthdays, too. Yeah, but there are are four of us, so it's eight eight times out of the year out of 365. You can can let it slide every now and then. Now... This may just be because they get birthday cake for breakfast, but Gregory and Annabelle are really enjoying their latest assignment. I think it's really 
a really good assignment because you can't really teach politics. You have to get an on the hands learning experience. Hands on. Hands on. That's okay. Um, but you really can't just learn it, like read about it, then try to do it. You really you have to be in the action. Do you think you guys are going to be more in the action? Yeah. In years to come? Yeah, probably. Because when Annabelle and I are able to vote, it'll be it'll, it'll probably be a, an open another open election and right, it'll be in 8 years when you can both vote. Mhm. I'll be I'll be like four months shy of being able to, four or five months shy of being able to vote in the general for the 2020 election. So you guys are already counting down until when you can cast your first ballot. <laughs> yeah, because I just can't really wait till I'm able to actually uh, do what I'm helping other people do. Which is vote. Yeah, and figure out who to vote for and why basically to vote for them. If only more people across the country were as engaged as you guys and people who can vote. <laughs> so would you recommend to people who can vote that they should vote? Yes. yes. And also to read our blog. You can check out their blog at campaignwatch2016.wordpress.com. There you can see their candidate shortlists and endorsements. They also have some real zingers, like Annabelle on Jeb. I wouldn't support him. He seems like a pile of firewood waiting for a match, which is a literal burn. You can also send me your thoughts about this episode and kids' perspectives on politics on Twitter at HellerJake. You can also subscribe and leave comments on iTunes. This episode was produced by me and Melanie Ben-Cosme. I also edited this episode. The opening song is by Shad and DJ Tilo. This song is by Hey Rosetta and Yukon Blonde. Special thanks to Kailani Koenig, NBC's Fearless New Hampshire Embed, for tipping us off to this story. And thanks to you for listening. See you next time. I won't make the same joke I made last episode. <laughs>